2: come down to one of my favourite places to relax. I cool off. i by the river Usk. I've just disturbed a dipper which has flown upstream. There's a flock of long-tailed tits here. I can see a heron fishing further downstream. just a peaceful place and there's a real cool by the river. I've had such tense heat this month in July. It's a welcome place just to let the mind relax. My name's Fergus Collins. I'm the host of the podcast and I'm here to introduce episode seven of our latest season, Taste of the Countryside. Now, this season is where we're celebrating food and drink, and especially highlighting farmers and food producers who work in harmony with nature, so people who manage a successful business, but also find space for wildlife, and see the benefits of having a thriving natural environment around them. So this episode is particularly persons. Back in June, I took a trip down to Buckinghamshire, a county I don't know very well, and I enjoyed this incredible day among wildlife on a farm, quite sort of your average lowland English farm. George and Elaine Morris are the farmers, and they proudly showed me around their fields of wheat, barley, sheep and cattle, where a significant proportion of the land had been turned over to attracting wildlife and protecting the wider ecosystem. I was really blown away by what I experienced there. As ever, do get in touch with me if you've been stirred by the issues that we discuss. Uh, my email address is editor at countryfile.com. I've just arrived in the front of the most beautiful brick, ancient brick farmhouse. Possibly 16th century Linux Tudor with lattices of darker bricks. Terracotta, tall chimneys, beautiful slate uh, uh, farmhouse, manor farm, which belongs to George and Eileen Morris. And I'm very interested to come here to talk to them about how they farm with nature. To and they work with the with Jordans, who most people know from their breakfast cereals and other grain uh, and other products that you see in the supermarket, Uh, who have an ethos of wildlife-friendly farming. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be great to have a chat and look around this ancient farm. There goes some swallows. Swallows! We've got swallows nesting here. Yeah. Good morning, George. So I'm with George and Elaine, and we're standing in front of, as I said, this most beautiful farmhouse, a backdrop of swallows singing. And how old is this gorgeous building? Um, it's supposed to date from about 1620.
3: Oh my goodness. Um, although. Early Stuarts. Maybe, um, maybe the building we're looking at was torched by Cromwell and this was a bit <laughs> <Right>. later. <laughs>
2: um, okay. and, so, and this has been. How long have your family owned this? Um, we're tenants here. Tenants, okay. And um, the family are farmed just here. That then. How, long, how long have you farmed here? Um,
3: the farm, our family have farmed here uh, for several generations. It's gone through the female line. A couple of times as well but um, the swallows um, return every year and um, I was delighted to be told by the farm trader who visits and delivers the um, sheep products that he sees um, so many more swallows here than on the other farms he visits in the area and I think it's because we've got the old buildings that haven't been uh, developed oh you've got it
2: yes there's a lot of outbuilding I should describe there's a lot of outbuildings around of the farmyard through there. This is what do we call what do you call this this car park basically. And then yeah. the farmyard through there, and the
3: old stables, the um, the pig um, pig accommodation around there is open uh, yeah. Yeah, so open fronted sheds. And, and um, even the horse shelter um, has got a nest
2: in it. Oh really? This is wonderful. Who who did build it? Um,
3: Robert Dormer. Okay, this is so, yeah, it's so a, he he obviously local um,
2: landowner in the Stuart period.
3: Yeah, and he's got property. That we came across in the Cotswolds
2: near um, Chipping Norton um, so obviously central England man yeah heart of England yeah. Yeah. hunting lodge perhaps okay yeah. well, this might have been oh right okay mm. it's extremely handsome what's it like living in a place like this drafty <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. so it's not double glazed it's lovely lovely yeah yeah uh yeah a lot of maintenance then for a house like this yeah and that's part of your tenancy is looking after the house it's presumably you've got multiple I've got
3: responsibilities here. and the landlord's got um others so see. yeah see. okay yeah well but we we watched um the ragtails nesting in the uh gutter up there
2: um I
4: thought they'd made a bad choice didn't we because it appeared to be in the downpipe we haven't actually been up because we're more disturbed, we think it's just tucked in just behind the gutter.
2: Oh, I see, clever. But you clever. can sit here
4: and watch them, and they spend ages on the roof getting brave enough to go there. And they've landed that end and run along the gutter.
2: Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> they well, fledged.
4: List. they've fledged now, haven't they? There's
2: yeah. a cat prowling down yeah. the side they there. didn't control. <laughs> so we're also here with Polly Ratu from Jordan's. Polly, nice to meet you as well.
0: Nice to meet you.
2: And you're going to fill us in a little bit about the whole ethos of Jordan yes, and how you work yeah. with with George and Elaine. Um, Obviously, you've got this keen interest in wildlife. Um, You've shown me photos, you've knowledgeable about what's going on around you, and that's part imbued your farming here. Well, you farm with nature. Well, some people do.
3: You try and farm with nature rather than against it. It makes life easier. And uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a journey, and and I think I'm learning more as we go along. Um, When I went to college and learnt about farming... Uh, conservation agriculture wasn't um, wasn't even mentioned. Conservation
2: agriculture. Yeah, yeah okay. So that's, that's,
3: if you look after the soil, the, uh, the soil will look after you. Okay. That's the principle of it, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. So, can you give me a bit of a picture about the farm itself? How big? How big a uh, land? How many acres, hectares? Are you? So, so we farm about um, two hundred hectares
3: um, on this holding here and some outlying bit, bits of land, and um, we keep. A herd of um, about 200 suckler cows, and um, a flock of breeding ewes, about 400 ewes and their, their lambs, okay. and they're all um, Wiltshire horn based, so they shed their fleece. So we'll see those as we go round. So you don't have to, you don't have to shear them. I think we don't have to shear any of them because we we, we sheared about five yesterday that right. um,
2: that still cosmetic, kept their fleece. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's hot hot weather today. I should describe. So, for cows, just for listeners' benefit. Yeah,
4: actually. we've got my benefit. Yes, yeah. yeah. so, we've uh, got, got about 70, 80 cows, and yeah. then their offspring this born this spring, and then we've still last year's. So they're mostly for so beef. So you're
2: raising raising the cows for beef. They stay Ooh. with their
4: mothers um, six, seven, eight months till we wean them, mm-hmm. and then they spend their whole life here, and they go direct from here. Either we do some for the farm shop, or we sell
3: so you've got a farm shop on site we do the local farmers market in winslow and um and others go to um the hereford beef goes to the co-op and um
2: some of the other beef goes to uh, the morrison's chain okay so alongside alongside the livestock you've got some of the land is obviously working with jordans yeah so we
3: we rotate the grass and the crops and
2: um does that mean what so the cows are on pasture and then you'll you'll put crops so, on thereafter.
3: So one or two fields each year will change from pasture into crops and um, we'll re-sow some new new grass clover species uh, to replace it.
2: So that's a sort of cycle of livestock and arable which yeah. to my mind isn't that common these days or am, am I
3: I think we're um, we right haven't here. changed that system over the generations here uh, but it's coming back into fashion with um, the trends in, uh, in and the problems with extensive arable where the um the weeds and the pests are getting on top of the um the arable crops
2: so so it helps to have the livestock on to 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 deal with that and to fertilize the land yeah it
3: does build soil organic matter incidentally yeah Yeah. okay and so does that does that mean that is this a really cost effective way of making your land more productive um i thought we probably should have made a lot more money by ploughing everything up years ago, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's the way this soil works. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite heavy clay, and um, it uh, it doesn't often it doesn't always allow you to to plant what you want when you want. I see.
2: Okay. What are the challenges then? It just is it just so it's a dense clay being. Yes, Quite, it, it dries up in summer. It's very—I think they describe it as
3: slowly permeable. So <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> all winter it's mud. Yeah, <laughs> and summer and, it's rock. And summer it can go um, go hard and crack really? and then shrink.
2: Uh, it sounds like a very kind of. We've got loads of these swallows. There's 10 Something's 10. upset them, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah maybe there's a hob, or or hobby or something over here.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh, it's on the post. What is it? Oh yeah, it's
4: landed by the pond.
2: Oh yeah, a uh, sparrowhawk Sparrowhawk yeah. There it goes, yeah, yeah so interesting how they um, The, the alarm calls of the sorry, mm.
4: Broken window of the stables Or a sparrowhawk came right in after our swallows Oh really? By wow. chance I disturbed it And in, in the panic the sparrowhawk broke the window And got out So that broken window pan, is
2: sparrowhawk damage mm. Yes <laughs> not, not <laughs> but, often but the swallows can... actually
4: like it It's a lot easier for them to come so and they go now
2: zip in and out So <laughs> yeah. they
4: there now
2: That's so, really so. interesting So you, yeah all those alarm calls they suddenly got very excited something was wrong what, yeah. good eyes to spot that sparrow there yeah. fantastic okay so we talked talk about break well should we go and have a look at some of the Let's some of the things lot. that you're um and part of the jordan's ethos is obviously working with wildlife as well so is that, does that put sort of um standards or limits to what you can do and what what chemicals you can use or
3: yeah so our commitment to um be able to supply Jordans with the oats is uh, to put um, at least ten percent of our farmland into um, uh, nature projects and um, we've just got a, a bit more than that here and uh, in in return they pay as a premium for the oats that we supply to them
2: I see okay, and um, so, so there's a quid pro quo you're producing you're farming nature and getting a decent price for the yes. compensation for perhaps the land that you might lose <laughs> So this, this is looks, um, something here once upon a time. And this is a permanent pasture field. So this is always grazed. This is it's
3: always grazed. Yeah. Um, I can see that however pats of... the, the ridge and furrow indicates that um, in medieval times it was um, ploughed regularly.
2: Okay, so we're looking at it, it's a slightly sloping field sloping towards us and there are rolling banks coming down and then sort of parallel to us. Very clear lines and lumps in the field. I do lump, like lumps and bumps in the landscape. So that's medieval, um, medieval farming system.
3: We think so. We think um, every every region furrow was owned was farmed by a different um, farmer. Uh, that's a strip farming. strip it? farming, yeah. and they were able to um, enjoy some of the best strips in the best fields, and uh, had to accept strips in the lots of good fields in the parish I see yeah. but we're just crossing um, a big gully and um, yes, this uh, this is an earthwork you can follow right the way around the village it's interesting the village to of know so, but, but so this goes all the way around does it it's um, some of it's been filled in now
2: yeah but um, it's quite substantial i mean we're in the yeah. middle of it now it's do we know how? Old, do you know how old that is, and what's the? I'd like to um, like to see somebody study it because I yeah. don't really know. Defensive ditch
3: for the for the hamlet, for, or you can see it being um, a defensive ditch. It wouldn't have ever held water just yeah. there because that piece of land is free draining. But we're walking onto the ridge and furrow now, and you can see how it's been cut in by our ancestors. They've taken some some soil away from here.
2: Yes, we're going down. It's almost like an old quarry really. But it's um, you know heading down into the to a deep dell. Rabbits here? Looks like rabbit warren, isn't it?
3: We bring the school children out here and ask them um, who they think lives in Maybe these get, holes. Get the
4: answers, so don't
3: am, we? <laughs> am I gonna be wrong? They start with moles and rabbits. Ah, big holes actually. And, yeah, you uh,
4: now you get near
3: And then we perhaps get foxes and eventually they um this, is, this isn't badgers is it they get to badgers yeah
2: this is a badger set a very exposed badger set normally i'm used to them being in hedge banks and things like that so this is a
3: it's actually um it's, it's actually um, gone quiet here recently so you can't see new soil brought out every um, every night um, so i guess they've um have
2: well moved enough. their fa- family on recently it's mm. a very extensive okay. set I mean, it just goes over the size of a tennis court or more. And um, with big excursions, big holes. So they were living out here in the open. We've had cameras up here. When there's no
3: stock in the field, we can yeah. put um, a trigger camera, trail camera out here. And um, so the badgers so you... have been picked up on that.
2: I, I mean, the inevitable question, I've got one positive question, one sort of uh, you know, TB and badgers. Or you've got a cattle farm here. Have We've you have got had... a
3: cattle farm here. TB's in the area um we've been um lucky to test tested clear of the disease yeah. um it's fingers crossed, yeah, Elaine, we're we're fingers crossed so while we um while we've got badgers here we believe they're clear of the disease too yeah and um we're happy for them to hear if we if we didn't have these badges here others might migrate in yeah. that aren't so clean
2: yes so. the perturbation effect what they call it don't they mm. if you get rid of them they Others yeah. come in and they might. There's a red kite just going overhead at the moment. You obviously take a great delight in the wildlife on your farm. I mean, we've talked a lot about it. You've, you've sort of shown me the, the swallows, talking about the wagtails and the badgers. This is part of your farming experience is to farm. Well, they all have implications on our farming
3: way of life as well. Yeah. So, uh, it's, uh...
2: Positive or negative? Well, both. Yeah, yeah.
3: Guess, uh, <laughs> it's making the best of it, really. Yeah,
2: yeah, sure, yeah. sure.
3: And this, this grass here is. Um, Crested uh, dog's tail. Crested dog's tail. Yeah. And uh, it grows things. here yeah. Yeah. naturally, but it's what some of the species we've planted under a, a conservation scheme. So this
2: is one. Uh, this is a planted. Uh, no, this, no is, uh, this, this is this is, a is natural, natural. Yeah. yeah. Um, black. black. Black medic. Black medic. Yeah. yeah. There. Lovely. So black medic and self heal sound like they're sort of medicinal herbs for, for <laughs> probably had their uses when this was rich and furrow. Yeah for, yeah, for curing the, curing the sick. But I think a lot of people out walking in the countryside will see green fields of just, what's the predominant sort of pasture grass that people sow? Is it sort of rye type thing? Most cultivated grasses are
3: uh, a rye grass and, and here's some growing in this permanent that's pasture, right, okay. which um,
2: but it doesn't dominate here. It's, no, it's no, so, a real mixture. It's kind of refreshing to see the variety of wildflowers and grasses. That's... <laughs> this is um, a
3: shelterbelt we planted to provide um, shelter from the east wind when we're lambing. This is new then. Did you have a hedgerow behind there? Originally? The hedgerow is still yeah. there. It's, it's um, mm-hmm. grown up because we haven't um, been able to get there with a the hedge yeah.
2: um But you've added... Oh, Five meters or so of margin to this field. Yeah, it's so you've lost a bit of field, but you've gained gained some shelter. Gained some shelter,
3: and yeah. that's does it's certainly beneficial. The day they uh, drop their lambs is the important bit. Yeah, and if the wind's blowing from the east, um, this is giving some
2: uh, important yeah. sh- shelter for them. It's definitely blowing from the west today, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's, <laughs> sort of yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. on my back. So I'm looking yeah. at the shelter. This obviously is fantastic habitat because it's all a variety of different a species but also uh, growth is, is very varied um, and does it have any other benefits like sort of preventing soil erosion or stuff like that or is, that, is it more It doesn't just particularly
3: shelter? just here but um, catkins are one of the earliest uh, pollen sources pollen. for yeah. bumblebees and so um, it's quite active here um, in the early spring yeah. when, uh, when the margins haven't um, started producing their flowers and things catkins is this is a good sort of and you can see there's lots of
2: brambles um, just about coming into flower. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would wonder why perhaps their sheep aren't doing so well and it's a I, I suppose it's not a simple thing so you've got to wait for this to grow but once it's up and running it's working like a like having a shed out here. But Yeah
3: and, and um, as our cattle numbers increased we no longer had space to lamb the sheep indoors mm. and um, with the uh, Wiltshire Horn, um, Easy Care type of sheep, it just seems logical to go back to what they're good at, mm-hmm. which is lambing outside with the lower costs. And it means that we don't have um, uh, to use antibiotics routinely to control um, a condition that's uh, prevalent in lambing pens. Uh, oh, really? Milder. So if you come
2: inside, there's more chances of passing on pathogens yeah, and things like that? Yeah. So there's a healthy so thing that helps. In the round, right? Yeah. Okay. So. We also
4: get the shade element when I mean, it's really hot in the summer, don't you? You've got them fenced on just a boring grass field with no shelter. They, you get sometimes they'll all be up here under the shade, won't they, in yeah. the heat of the day? Mm.
3: We cut ours in uh, in February if we can. Yeah. Uh, the unfortunate thing is is sometimes really wet ground and the, the machine makes a a mark, but um, by all that time the berries are. The, so the yeah. birds yeah. and the birds yeah. have, have, have Field finished
4: Field rival mass don't they yes. and,
3: um, and we'll rotate it so we, we don't cut every hedge every year we do every two or three years I I Someone it gave
4: us the advice of doing um, different sides of the hedge rather than all of that hedge one year and do one side of it one year so you keep the variation within the same hedge. Okay. line. so they? it's
2: just not massacring everything no. every year. It's Alter- just being a little bit less.
4: Because they do need trimming, otherwise they're just a row of trees at the end. Yeah, you lose the sure. hedgerow impact, don't you?
3: But sure, sure. And the current debate's them. about carbon, and um, I think of all the carbon that the hedges must be taking up, and they're there anyway, aren't they?
2: what mm. well, right I much. should say, while we're speaking, there are butterflies along this. We've got a field margin... <laughs> a field of is this, oh, oats. these are oats oats here so, so these got... are hopefully destined to go to to, yeah. to, to Jordans for their it's cereals
3: Chris. and how are you,
2: how, are you, how are they feeling Elaine Elaine's running her hands over them <laughs> rather <laughs> lovingly like, <sort> of, um.
4: <laughs> they've just come out fully into ear now haven't they and they are lovely
2: yeah so oats so. have these loose ears of uh, you know, when you look at sort of wheat and, and, and they the, the kind of
4: bells almost bells yeah that's the yeah.
2: better description looking good yes
3: looking good yeah uh, very few weeds out here. Um, there's been some mildew that we've had to um, put a chemical on to sp- to uh, control. Keep the mildew down. But that's okay. um, that's um, doing its job now. Okay. So
2: some chemicals are used here. You can't get away from all all chemical use.
3: Yeah, we've we've um, tried to reduce the insecticides um, so that we hardly ever use any of those now. Um, everybody's uh, heard about the neonicotinoids debate yeah. um, but a lot of the um, the ones that the chemicals that people can use for pests um, when that was banned don't work that well because the pests have overcome the um, uh, they've evolved. chemical so yeah. they've, the arms race yeah. has,
2: has. Um, yeah. well this looks like a very healthy crop but alongside it we've got this sort of I mean I'm going to have hast- knapweeds, these knap purple weed, flowers um, is,
3: is the element we sown, and um, yeah. the soil really loves napweed, but lapweed loves our
2: soil, yeah, these are beautiful, they look easily to confuse with thistles because they 've got these lovely purple sort of upturned bell type flowers and there there's, there's just as oh, a char butterflies are beautiful you see meadow browns, there are insects buzzing around here in just profusion of so and this is quite a wide margin what is it? Four, five, it's about six, 8 metres 8
4: metres
2: wide this is great so this is part of the plan that these, this creates a sort of biodiversity that helps
3: yeah and this is ongoing so okay. this has um, been sown about 5 years ago and um, we, uh, we don't have to do much except remove some of the seeds um, so we'll probably cut 3 metres of it um, the end of June, July okay. And um, the rest will flower on, and hopefully, what was cut will flower again later. Oh, I see. So, you get another sort of
2: burst of. Later, yeah. Of it's
4: moving with hoverflies yeah. and insects yeah. when you start I, I can focusing. can pick up on
2: the, just the background yeah, buzz of.
4: There's an orange something That's a there, skipper,
2: so. yeah. A small skipper. You've got good eyes. Oh, no, and a seven spot ladybird here. Just. Um, which you don't see quite so many these days. It's brilliant, what a place. So that must give you some joy of just yes, like fabulous, growing it? wildlife here. So
4: Do that you... goes all the way around this crop of oats. Right, right, all the way, way round? Around?
2: OK, yeah. so it's not just down one side. No. Does this have an economic benefit or is it part of the deal with Jordans that yeah, you've got this land, you've got this treasure here that you can... No, the economic benefit is the,
3: the premium we get on the, uh, the crop in the field. Yeah. Um, in fact, it does have a drawback so when this is in grass, mm. and um, we have electric fence to keep the stock off this wildflower margin, they can't benefit from the shade
2: ah. from the hedge and the trees. So there is there is a drawback to okay, this. Okay, so there's a there's, yeah. that's I see that's quite interesting. Could you let them on here, or would that break the
0: to, break the bond? Times of year, aren't
2: yeah, only in the winter time. Okay, yeah. so that's um, yeah, which, which they don't need the shade quite so much. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's interesting. Bill Bill Jordan was a co-founder in. 1985 of conservation grade farming um so that's kind of where the jordan's the jordan's farm partnership has essentially been born out of of that ethos um which back in the 80s was obviously well ahead of its time um so they as yeah as george has said they're absolutely connected Hmm.
2: obviously the subsidy schemes are changing elms is that kind of of yeah that's that's just being launched um there's um
3: Everyone's faces are sort of. "Hmm." (laughs) (laughs) There's an opportunity for some small amounts of money, but there's costs associated with that. So
4: um, everyone's going to be in the detail, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: and it
2: keeps changing the detail. It's not fixed yet, is it? No, no, and it's. um, Is there an end to the current uh, environment stewardship
3: scheme? There's a countryside stewardship which has superseded it already. I see. Okay. Um, Financially, I can't. Swap from one to the other without having a ten-month funding gap, oh, which has um, yeah. stalled my interest yeah. in that. <laughs> and, yeah. um, but I'm told the um, the fact that we've Brexited now mm. is enabling the um, the Defra policymakers to devise their own rules, and yeah. um, so we'll the transition should be possible in the future.
2: Um, what are these softer, these more Sicily, aren't they down here? There's yeah, these are creeping pits. Thys- yeah, thys- creeping pits. Yeah, thys- thys- yeah
4: uh, <laughs> they love our soil as well. And they're
2: not so loved, I suspect.
4: Mm-hmm. it goes they're all the way around. I'm tree.
3: just wondering yeah. if, if we take a shortcut through the crop, um, where there's some more interesting things
2: okay. the the sure on the margin. You sure walk through the uh, Yeah, find a tramline. Let's go back yeah, and pick up a tramline For a moment, I thought we were going to plunge into that.
4: When we had the school children come, they go off down the tramline and you just see their little hats running along in the line down the field. Excellent. But they must follow the tramline around and come back again.
2: So, you have school parties visiting. That sounds quite a healthy thing to. Um...
4: Yeah. Yeah, but mostly local schools now, isn't it?
2: How do you find. So, there'd be sort of country children, I say in inverted, inverted commas, really. But... Yes,
4: but not had a lot to do with the country, a lot of them. No, okay. Um, so. Some of them are local schools that come to us by word of mouth. Um, some of them, the, the Country Trust organises school visits out. So, they're organising ladies. So out some Ellsbury schools that come out. So always quite enlightening the questions they ask, and yeah. their knowledge.
2: Do you find that? I mean, we often there's a lot of talk about children today and their parents. Not, yeah, I mean, not some of them have never knowledge. been yeah. near
4: to animals or yeah. crops, and we, it's usually based around food, food, and what we can grow in this country and what we can't yeah george does a sort of shopping bag challenge and gets things out and we decide if we grow them in this country or not (laughs) oh that's a
2: cunning idea that would make a really good podcast yeah i think so this is the sound of us swishing through a field of oats Um, we're just heading down a tram line and we're in this green sea and what can we see around he points out a line of hills behind us to the west.
4: That's the Quainton Hills behind Quaintin us.
2: Quainton Hills. That's... Hills of Buckinghamshire. Quainton Hills. So I don't, I don't know them. So we're
3: about a mile from the watershed to our south. And the water um, that falls on this farm runs all the way out to the, the wash through the Great Ouse. Yeah. And um, if you spill a bucket of water the other side of the sight line It'll go down to the Thames. Oh, okay. So we're
2: right on a ridge here between yeah. the two, sort of catchments. two catchments. Yeah.
4: Just the Chilterns, you can see right. Oh, right there. okay. So that's so that's the, good. The okay, so we that, cross that way. Really. That, that's
2: the northern edge of the Chilterns. Yeah, yeah that's good. That helps put us in some perspective. I've come all the way through the bar uh, through the oats to the opposite field margin,
3: and here we have got some. Um, ladies bed straw the yeah. yellow flower frothing yellow
2: flower which oh there's a yellow hammer in the background and a white throat and an airplane <laughs> <laughs> so the yes luton airport oh, there we go lovely the white uh, the yellow hammer it's so a lady's bed straw um does that do you know why it's called bedstraw? fantastic names these old um, yeah
3: yeah native flowers haven't they well, I imagine they used to, uh, to dry it and use it um,
2: for bedding. Should we smell it? I'm going to just smell it, see if it was. Uh, cause okay. Someone says it smells very sweet. Yeah, yellow hammer in the background. It does have a sweet smell. So maybe you put that in the bed and. I uh... used to
4: dry it and make, use it to make the bed smell. Is that, is that that's so, it? So. That's it, Straw. Well, there's
3: yeah. lots of it here. So you mm. could. And uh, the Oxide Daisy's. Uh, They're nearly over, aren't they? Nearly over. Yeah, that's lovely. The
4: whites disappearing. There.
3: Hemlock there. Hemlock. Okay, yeah. that's the yeah. big. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Some just, of the weeds
4: we don't like so much are quite should, keen yeah. as well.
3: <laughs> that's poisonous to our animals, so we don't. Care like of that one. Oh right. Okay. So, so you have to be. The, the hedge here sort of is interesting is just... because mm. it's um, elm. it's elm, and it's suckers growing from the old elm trees that died with Dutch elm disease in the nineteen seventies. So they still cling on, and yeah, they, in the, roots, the roots uh, mm. have never died, and they keep growing back. And if we allowed the hedge to grow up, as, um, as we had done there, they get to a certain height, about uh, there's, there's
2: some dead, 20, so, just, there's some dead branches just lying yeah, laterally, but, 20 feet high and then and oh the, uh, I think the beetle it
3: gets into them, the bark then,
2: yeah. passes on the virus and they die. And it doesn't it. kill the roots again; they grow back. That's extraordinary. So it's nice to see some elm trees, but sad that they're never going to get away. Maybe eventually they'll get resistance, but uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's been a long time now, hasn't it? It's like, yeah, I mean there would
4: have been a huge number of elm trees in this area,
2: wouldn't there? It was our dominant tree, and a uh, big uh,
4: tree have, as well. It must big... have
2: really changed this
3: landscape over the last. It 40, really opened 50 it up, years. Yeah. and it's it's taken the time since for the villages to disappear again. So the neighbouring village there um, was exposed. And, and all the trees, uh, the elms came down. The water tower on the hill was exposed
2: and um, they're all growing in again. Other, other yeah. plants. Other trees, Other, other, t- other yeah. trees yeah. have taken over. So but yeah. in the hedgerows, there's a memory of elms. That's rather
4: mm. kind of. Although we're Evoactive. seeing some of the ash going now, aren't we? The ash yeah. dieback's beginning yeah. to make its presence felt.
2: I, I sort of,
3: yeah. Mm. So, We've got it on the farm beginning now. Beginning to.
4: That's that, an that's old, really old, um, old mature
3: ash. And they've never done that well on this clay. They don't seem to root very deeply. Right. Whether it's because the um, the water's always there, they don't need to, to go deep. But they, um, they tend to go stag-headed and um, then rejuvenate over a, a period of years anyway. And um, the ones... The diseased elm uh, ash seems to be the young, younger ones. Yeah, younger ones. Mm. So the older ones are doing r- okay-ish, although they don't really like. They muddle young. on, yeah, and yeah. the uh, the new ones are succumbing to the disease.
4: Black poplar is it?
3: Black poplar. Black poplar. Okay, I don't recognise it. it's, no. something I don't so it's quite it. a
4: quite unique to this a area. A rare tree
3: like? in in um, in the British Isles, hmm. but um, it's quite common in uh, Buckinghamshire. Right. We've got some mature ones. On the uh, brook, the other side of the farm. Oh, how lovely. But this has been um, planted, planted. Poplar. Nice. by a, yeah, a gorilla gardener. Planted that one. Oh really?
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Which
4: is a, lovely now.
2: <laughs> a gorilla gardener who's amongst us today, right. <laughs> or no, someone else? No a local uh, chap yeah.
4: planted quite a few around, didn't he? Oh, yeah, Somebody spread,
2: recognised though. the importance yeah. of the tree.
3: Yeah. And this is a plant that um, loves our soil, and um, it, it's found in the permanent pasture. It's uh, yarrow.
2: Uh, so it's got fronds, very like feathery fronds of leaves yeah, nice. and the little... Delicate white flowers at the yeah, top. a little, little sort of bunch of uh, a tight head, a bit like a sort of umbrella type head.
3: But and nice. that flowers at, at different times to the knapweed as well, over a prolonged period. So there's always something for the, um, the
2: bumblebees. Yeah, there's, they've got a lots of, there's tons of knapweed here. It's a beautiful corner. Um, as we wander through, i just disturbing clouds of insects. So it does show that if you leave a little bit, you get a lot of... A lot of oh, life.
4: It's, a, yeah, it's a tortoiseshell, is it? A very faded a very tortoiseshell. very tatty tortoiseshell. I did, just didn't recognise it to start. Yeah, it's very faded, isn't it?
2: looks, <laughs> it's, it's it looks like it's... It's a long time. Yeah.
4: It's, oh, yeah, it's not so bad.
2: <laughs> just looks a bit faded.
3: So,
4: yes.
2: <laughs> it's had a good time.
3: And I'd like to say that these, um, these orange-ready coloured <laughs> seeds are... Uh,
2: <laughs> they're or or sorrel, oh, but they're it's actually dark socks, <laughs> <it's... laughs> yeah, yeah, There is I was sorrel confused. as
4: well, but that's finished
2: pretty much. Yeah. Marble-white butterfly. I think, isn't it? Coming back yeah. to the Just settling on the oxide daisies here. Very quick. It's the most astonishing butterfly. It's... It? it's... like
4: a back-to-front speckled wood, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah, th- yes.
2: That's... That's... It's a very dramatic-looking butterfly. We've got a skylark here just heading up like a little busy little hello Scarlet. In some Skylark song, I've just driven two and a half hours, and that has just taken away <laughs> all the <laughs> lethargy of <laughs> the journey. It's uh, yeah. these bees buzzing around. That's a beautiful thing. Do you got decent Skylark numbers here? Yeah, we have. Yeah. 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 So we're now heading through a sort of very hidden gap in the hedge, to a little gate. And all the while, the Skylark sings above us. Now we've come to a sheep field with a so these are your Wiltshire... what do you call these the Wiltshire, the Wiltshire horn sheep, Wiltshire, They're very distinctive, quite long horns, yeah, and the
3: females are horned as well as the males yeah. And you said they shed
2: their their self- shedding.
3: yeah, it's the only native breed that uh, shed their fleece. Imagine all sheep used to fl- shed their fleece before yeah. um we valued the wool. And harvested it ourselves so yeah. we would have bred it to, um, to to retain the sheep to retain its fleece um, but these were never um, bred that way and um, they're coming back into their own because the cost of employing a contractor to, to shear the sheep now is coming to the same or more than the value of the wool yeah it's deeply disappointing isn't it because of the word. value of um, man-made fibers i suppose yeah yeah.
4: Perhaps we'll come back into its own if well, the I price, have... fuel price keeps going up. Well,
2: that's yeah. right, because mainly fibres Yeah, all those hydrocarbons <laughs> that mm-hmm. are a product of... yeah.
0: How long do you expect this to be livestock for before it goes back to arable again? Uh, about
2: five years. Okay. Yeah, and then we'll plant another crop. Mm. And yeah. do you just do one year of crop and then go back to arable, or is it similar? No, but no. a similar similar okay. time. Okay, yeah. so it's a five-year yeah. rotation, Yeah, time, I think. yeah.
0: Are you monitoring the soil throughout that, that period as well?
3: Yeah, we've just begun doing that. Yeah. And um, we're really pleased to find our soil organic matter levels mm. are quite high. Yeah. Um, I've not done it till last summer before. And um, we've got... Um,
2: much higher levels than i was hearing reported mm. on other farms in not yeah. yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, it's, so, it's, so, so is that to do with yeah. the rotation then, i think it is yeah and what's the nature of farms around do they tend to be more single uh, like arable or livestock or I mean, I there is a lot of livestock farms that's,
3: that's in this area, area. that's yeah. next door there
4: is
2: yeah. it, the, yeah. the cows and yeah, the, yeah.
4: yeah. and yeah, um, yeah. you're probably looking at about five or six different farmers across there aren't you yeah. Most this area is a large techniques.
2: shallow valley yeah. Of, um, mm. uh, so yeah sorry you were saying what, what's the nature we're, of it? there used to be a lot of dairy
3: farmers in yeah. this area so it was um, a short train journey down to London mm. to the customer but um, the economics of dairy farming have um, got worse yeah. and most of the dairies in the area have, um, have packed up now
0: I think in many instances as well, it takes as much effort to kind of look after the habitat and the margins as it does some of the crops. And I think, you know, it's a long-term commitment that you guys have, have made.
2: Farming wildlife.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
2: So you've got the, um, obviously the skylarks nesting out in some of the bearer Somewhere. patches, is that mm-hmm. right? Is that, or do they do they like the bearer ground or? Never oh, found a
4: nest, have we? No, yeah, when we've They're gone around, through the but...
2: crops, we
3: see them um, emerging. Apparently yeah. they never emerge from where their nests are they always run oh, to a okay. gap and fly up from there to uh, keep the predators off their nests cunning very cunning um, yeah. but um, there'll be there'll be several breeding pairs in each field mm. when, we, when we go through the with the tractor
2: um, what about things like lapwings do you have any lapwings on the farm anymore or have they sort of gone we, away we have all lapwings a
3: flock um, visit in the winter time sometimes yeah. and um on some other ground that we farm a few villages away, um, we've got a breeding pair oh, for right. the first, first time. time. Really, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm Good quite excited yeah. About that, yeah. 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 it's got a little bit of stone in the ground and a little bit more free draining, um, which they seem to like. Get that one <laughs> but What's pleasing is since we've stopped tilling, um, the the soil isn't shrinking and cracking anything like it used to. So it's got more resilience. It's, it's got, got more, more resilience. So um, it's been very dry, and you can see some cracks but um, you used to get your arm down them uh, uh, yeah. in the days of wow, power.
2: okay, so it's had a benef- benefit just not getting the heavy machinery out here. Yeah. It's had a big impact on fuel. It's been a win-win. Saving you, fuel. Yeah. Saving you. Does that save you time in terms of like yes. thinking, guy, I just have to drill the wheat, I don't have to... There's only one pass instead of many. Yeah, yeah. so that's... So that's yeah. well, Marvel White just wants to follow us along the tram line. Yeah, much more thistles here. So is that a reflection of the fact that the nitrates from the field or whatever nutrients from the field are We're
3: good at here. growing thistles anyway. <laughs> um, they are a weed in this margin. And
2: um, Oh, you've got millions of marble... Mm, I say millions. There's, there's, there's 10, 15 marble white butterflies here.
4: Well, thistles are good for pollen, aren't they? It's just yeah. that they're a bit over.
2: Yeah, OK. Just a so. few
4: would be good, but they did oh,
2: Yeah, The butterflies are loving them.
4: Yeah.
2: I've never seen so many marble whites in one place. That's little skippers Skip yeah. mm-hmm. yellow hammers heavenly we're surrounded by butterflies here
4: there know, the whites are... are really hatched aren't
2: they? it's wonderful very uplifting to see densities of butterflies like mm-hmm. this Which so we've got
0: 34 farms um like this one in our partnership at the moment and um, if you were to add up all of the kind of Margins, um, hedgerows, things like that. It would equal an area the size of uh, of Oxford. That's the stat we, <laughs> we really? tend to gosh, use. gosh. Okay, yeah. so
2: again, I'm just blown away by this, this little skippers popping yeah. up in front of me. That's um, amazing. So it's a significant amount of land, and I've you know without overdoing it, I've seen more butterflies in here than quite a lot of my local nature reserves. Yeah,
0: it's amazing. So I
2: wonder whether sort of active management here is uh, is really helping, but. But this is, so this is more scrubby here. That's quite good for It's really well,
4: wet here, doesn't
2: it? And we've got a... Um, a just beginning to populate with
3: um, hawthorn. With so it's because
4: we'll it's to, rewilding, um, just, really,
3: just, isn't it? You have to <laughs> control that at, at some point, yeah.
2: There is a white throat here, which... That's bird singing, which is perfect for this sort of territory. Little scrubby. Can you actually see it? Yeah. So oh, there, on the edge punch. of the... Yeah.
0: Oh, yes. Rely on yeah. People
2: with better eyesight than me to... <laughs> Yellowhammer, yellowhammer right behind
0: us. Yeah.
2: So that's a white throat. If you ever, listeners, if you ever want a short, scratchy song in farmland. Mm. Yeah. I suppose the rude thing to ask is: Is it financially viable? Does it does it work for you? Well, it always, it obviously
3: has done. Mm. Um, are we going to be financially viable in the future? I don't know. Well, that's hard one to ask, but at the moment it, this works, yeah. farming with wildlife, yeah. farming sensitively like this. Mm. I mean, we, we're it. looking at the politicians and they're doing the free trade deals with Australia, New Zealand and possibly America. Yeah. Uh, those are big threats to, to us
2: as farmers. Yeah. But, uh, so that could be an issue in future, uh, being undercut by cheaper... But, but does having a partnership with a brand like Jordan's mean that you feel more secure? Well, I think that's what we've got to do. We've got to um, show how we're doing
3: things uh, better for the environment, better for the wildlife, better for the um, diet of the consumer mm. to um, differentiate ourselves from the mass-produced um, chemical yeah. stuff that's going to come in from
2: North America. some birds of prey coming in that. A, it's buzzard.
4: Is that a kestrel? Or is that a
2: buzzard?
4: I think that's, a,
2: that's a kestrel behind.
4: That, 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 oh, that kestrel? A little one, yeah. Good.
2: There we go. It's a kestrel. Yeah.
4: So we put a kestrel box. There's one in the tree halfway down yeah. that long side, isn't there? Yeah. Did you look in those when you came to check?
2: No, you no, didn't get around. Get it's calling. It got young. That high pitched. Okay. So we've arrived in this huge field with what are we? 30, 40... Wow. Yeah, about
4: thirty plus yeah. calves, Cows and aren't calves. Yeah. Cows and calves and and
2: calves So a mix of Limousine and and Hereford. Herford, yeah. They're beautiful. Those paler ones with the—that's more the Limousine look, is it? Yeah, the
4: we've, we've had various balls over the years. There's a bit of Blonde Acretaine in a few of them. The pale ones.
2: Blonde Acretaine. Yeah. So you've got some f- sort of French so,
4: yeah, French well, breeds limousine's here. Limousines, French. Limousine,
2: yeah, yeah of course. Same. So it's more sort so. Of the paler. calves are
4: crossbred, so hopefully you get the hybrid figure. Yeah onto the new little hereford ball over the back there oh yeah he's yep. a very
2: splendid beast yeah he looks he looks like he knows he's, he's quite laid back yeah <laughs> he looks like he knows he's the boss they're all just watching us with a sort just of
4: wondering what we're doing
2: here. Yeah, <laughs> all ready to back off at any second but um so the mix of very dark this lovely fawn color sort of milk chocolatey color and then yeah, the pale ones with the spots and the kind of we Gray. don't just
4: choose the pretty ones. We, <laughs> no, <laughs> we look you, at uh, you, got mother's your... temperament and behaviour and how much milk and she's got. We, we keep about 10 or dozen back each year to be Do you have the same
2: science that you use for the sheep, um, for the cows? Yes, but
4: more in theory. Because um, mm. we, we know them as individuals, we know how much milk they've given and whether their cast done well or not. We don't um, so you... we don't scan them or we'll record in that way. Although we do, we pelvic measure the heifers. So the heifers mm. we're intending to keep. The vet measures internal pelvic measurements. To work out the, re, re, the chances of difficult carvings and easy carvings. So
2: heifers are the young female. Heifers,
4: yeah, yeah a female cow that calves yeah. for the first time. In our case, at two years old. So How we'd old have them the measured. Calves these mean. calves were born February, March time.
2: Okay. Yeah, they're very.
4: They're, so they'll they're... stay with their mothers till about September, October. Okay. We'll start getting them on some food and, and wean them in the autumn yeah. to keep the family line. going. You're very
2: fond of these cows. Well. Yeah.
4: You get to know the characters, yeah. and probably the best ones are the ones that just get on with life and don't cause you any trouble at all. Yeah. <laughs> just calf quietly and, and know what to do. But there
2: are oh, some troublesome. Who's troublesome here then?
4: Uh, if they're really troublesome, they're not here. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, they've gone on holiday. Yeah,
4: anything that's going to be aggressive, we're not.
2: You, no, no. you just can't makes do that. Life too but difficult. Yeah. No. How many years can a one of these limousine Herefords have a calf? What's the sort of If they habit?
4: stay fit and well and they keep their teeth so they can still graze the grass. I think our oldest cow's about 14, isn't she? Okay, so you go. Get... And that stage it's usually teeth going that. So you might get
2: ten, 10 calves in that yeah. time,
4: yeah? Yeah, um, yeah maybe they carve it 2 so you might get 11 or 12, 11 or 12, from, 12 from the longest living ones all being Gosh. well.
2: Because the bull is just sort of. So there's
4: sort the of flies, they're just messing a bit. Yeah. So he
2: hangs out here, but obviously he's. Will he have mated with them again for next year? No, it would be too early for that. And he's mating with them now. Is he not he's now, mating so he's with he's them now, so, so it's a nine gestation. month gestation, same, okay. same as us. Okay. So they'll be weaning, they'll so be still feeding these yeah, calves. They'll feed but these three. Pregnant and with the next pregnant,
4: yeah. Right. So we'll have them scanned, ultra scanned, the same as people, okay. to see if they're in calf or not in about September time. Yeah. So then we'll know who is in calf and who isn't, and then they'll get weaned to come in. Calves will come in for the winter, and the cows will come in when the ground conditions mean they have to, really. Of
2: course, I see. Is he is he a good bull? Has he done
4: his, yep. his, his job? Um, yes. These need... are his first calves. He's only a youngster. We bought him last year, for the f- used him for the first time. So these will be his offspring, the white-faced ones. Do you use his.
2: AI as well? Or? No, no, we
4: don't. We have occasionally in the past, but um, to be honest, because they're out in the field, to do AI you've got to bring them into the yard. Yeah. You've got to first spot them on heat. Yeah. The bull's far better at that than we are. <laughs> and then you've got to hold them and wait it's in an the yard so the chap comes structured to actually, technician come structure yeah, yeah. I, I them when they get stressed because they're away from the rest and.
3: Yeah. It, oh, it's, that's really nice yeah, to see. I mean, it, kind of. Yeah, I know that's. Yeah, I mean, it's, AI it's AI his then, job. So. We let him get on really. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I okay. think for a dairy farm where the cows yes. are coming into the milking parlour twice a day, yeah. um, you can easily shed off the one that's bullying. For us, it's them, it's yeah. a three-man job to get these uh, in into the, uh, the road. So yeah. you
4: need two people, not for the cows, but for the drivers stopping <laughs> the, the road. Yeah, so it's probably more hassle than it's worth. Yeah, oh, um, good, good old, good good old bully. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, in fact, the last school visit, he gave them a demonstration, Did didn't he? he? <laughs> Very actively in front of the trailer, load of school children. So uh, I bet that's, they uh... came to do food and covered sex education on the same day.
2: <laughs> Very healthy. Yeah. So, George and Elaine, thank you so much. It's been really inspiring seeing a farm that just seems to work with nature, so full of nature. Um, <laughs> nice to meet you, Fergus. Congratulations. <laughs> a really, really delightful mm. day. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know
1: about this juicy gem of a detour. Canva presents Unexplained Appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on-brand...
2: Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! So that was my lovely adventure into Buckinghamshire, a county I don't know very well. Um, But I'm very grateful to George and Elaine Morris, the farmers there, and to to Polly Ratu from Jordan's for showing me around and showing me that Farming with wildlife can really work and be profitable. And it was a really stunning place. I had a, a fantastic day. Yeah, I was really surprised just how much wildlife could be produced. I've been to many, many nature reserves, but I've never actually seen quite so many butterflies in one place as along some of George and Lane's field margins. And it seems to work. They, make, they have an arrangement with Jordans, as they explained, where they're paid a dividend by the by Jordans in order to set aside part of their farm for wildlife and it wasn't just for them it definitely wasn't just a box digging exercise so they could get money there was a genuine enthusiasm and genuine understanding of the wildlife that they saw and it was part of their working life so Really fascinating. Anyway, we're back in the podcast studio now and I'm joined just by Jack this week. Jack, hello. Just
1: just the two of us Just today. the two
2: of us. Well, I'm sure there's a song there. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're going to sing it later. Um, I'm afraid Hannah, our other regular, is away. Not very well at the moment. So get well soon, Hannah, and hope to have you back in the studio shortly for the next episode. But um, Jack, um, you're, you live out rough, well, on the edge of Countryside? Are you sort of aware of? Is there much wildlife? Obvious farming with wildlife where you are? Do you sort of find yourself walking with margins of wildflowers? Or?
1: I think it's interesting. I think in the uh, town where I, where I live, especially this year, they, they did all the No Mo May stuff, which oh. I know we, we've spoken about before. And it feels like this year, there's a, a, some bits of that have stuck around longer than they have before, and I feel like. I'm noticing, I think especially this year, I think after uh, all the lockdowns and stuff like that, and I think that was a moment to really notice that when everything stopped, nature sort of came back and I think everyone enjoyed that and there was something about it that people went, hang on, if we've got this back now, we should probably try and keep this a bit. And I think now we're maybe starting to see that sort of turn of trying to go back to what we had before without ruining and getting rid of
2: what we've gained from Yeah, I see what you mean. It's like we're trying to get back Yes, we're trying to return to normal life, but hopefully. Well, that's a really does hopeful thing that you say because I've seen both sides, I guess. Mm. Some people wanting to just really get back as fast as possible yeah, yeah. and get the economy working, and, and others who are like yeah, taking time out and thinking I want to see more wildlife in my not just my garden or my park, but on the farmland that I yeah, walk yeah, through. yeah, yeah. Obviously, with this with this arrangement with George and Elaine, you know, there's this cereals and other products that are made from their crops, which are clearly labelled wildlife friendly mm. cereals. So people go into the shops, and if you love wildlife, you might be tempted. I mean, is that something that would tempt you if you were in in the shops and it's sort of said on your butter, this butter was made with, uh, you know, butterflies in my by oh, <laughs> the butterfly, but you know, made with with. Yeah. and they could prove on the
1: on the packaging how much land had been set aside yeah. for nature. i th- I think that I definitely think I would be sort of nudged towards that. I think again, it would be that sort of trying to prove is, I think, is always the problem. I think with a lot yeah. of environmental stuff, it is the actually being able to see that what they are saying is factually correct, yeah, and it, it's yeah. not like that. It is the whole trying to do it just to say that put the badge on their on their block of butter or whatever.
2: Well, hopefully there are... I mean, things like the Soil Association and mm. other organisations we've talked of, there are organisations that have organic accreditation. Mm. There's LEAF. There's all sorts of things out there. And they do assess the quality of, of the kind of habitats that's, and the quality of the produce. But mm. it's hard to say, and there's a lot of people who will put this on their packaging, I suspect, without enough... Monitoring of it, we have stringent regulations in Britain, but I think on paper, but often it's not followed in practice. Just because there's not enough people mm. doing the monitoring. Anyway, it's a very so. In some ways, this is a this isn't a government thing. This is a private company monitoring its own farmers, mm. and um,
1: I don't see why it can't happen. Though I think mm. if, even if you look at eggs, mm. I don't know what, about sort of the rest of the world, but I know here, I wouldn't consider buying not free range eggs, mm. and I think. Maybe years ago that wouldn't have been so much of a you would wouldn't really have minded, but I think because of what you know about that sort of conditions, I would always go free range, yeah, and there's maybe there's potential that it's something similar to that that could happen with for example, butter or other farm free range sort butter, of goods, yeah, yeah. yeah, or something like you know that that one's been better for the environment mm. or be- like we we know a lot of stuff like the free range is better for the animal, um so maybe knowing that actually. The product you've bought is not doing damage to the environment; is, is helping the environment. That that may be enough to sway you to buy it. I
2: think that would be interesting. I don't think there's enough labeling out there about. You could walk around the supermarket and probably find a few products that really you know might have a few bees on them and or a few The flowers. Organic yeah, seems yeah. to be well with the yeah with the Soil Association mm. sort of accreditation, but I you know it there might there, the problem is we're in a kind of cost-of-living crisis where people are going around the supermarket going, well, I'd like to buy a beer that was Mm. wildlife-friendly and says it's made from sort of whatever, a barley that's been grown in this way, but actually I can't afford it and I'm going to go Mm. for the the cheap stuff. And that's kind of – we're in a difficult place. So we have to be really – it'd be really good to see someone explain on the packaging that actually – the saving is for the environment but maybe yes. that's that's hard for people to take on board anyway listeners tell us what you think is that a good idea having more wildlife friendly labelling explaining where things come from um, you can always get in touch with us and my email address editor at countryfire.com is where you can find me send so any thoughts about the podcast because we would mm. love to hear them love to brilliant to
1: hear everyone's views on that I mean yeah. that's it's a really interesting discussion
2: some cunning ideas for how we could label things to show that they were Farmed or created as sustainably as possible. Mm. Funnily, enough, when I was at George and Elaine's, lanes, there's not had any rain for quite a long time and it was looking pretty parched. Although, interestingly, all the areas where there were wildflowers and wild plants growing didn't look parched at all. Mm. It's all sort of long and beautiful and flowery and full of life. But there definitely there had been a lack of water. I don't think there's been any water since. And in fact, since then, we've had. It's been very dry. <laughs> very dry. We've had the heat wave, which today. I'm seeing weather maps, it's the 19th of July we're recording this, Mm. which might go down in history as the first time the UK saw 40 degrees temperatures, which is really very disturbing. And I, you know, all the people saying, oh, it's just, just summer. Um, I, I, yeah, I find that really, it's not just summer. Look at, look at the long range heat maps and how things are Anyway, we could get into this. That oh, might be a later that's podcast. In yeah. that, <laughs> happy to hear your thoughts on it. I'm happy. We're happy to have, we'll, we'll look into all this. But anyway, the heat. Wow, it's so hot outside, and we were actually in a cool our cool basement, pl- yeah. plod studio, and um, I thought it'd be a good idea to drink something refreshing. <laughs> cool, cool so, off. So, so we we've all got we've gone out bravely into the desert to find a favourite drink to share. And, um, well, Jack, you can go first.
1: Well, um, I, I saw when you you asked uh, to bring along a refreshing drink. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking for a little bit, and I was like, what, what drink is there that, you know, when I have it, I'm really like, oh, that's good on a hot day. That's really refreshing. And so I brought in a rhubarb with crisp apple, sparkling. Rhubarb with crisp apple. Okay. Sparkling drinks. Oh, sparkling. Good. Okay, lovely, um, lovely. And I will say it's from the vending machine, which is refrigerated, so it is nice and cold. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent.
2: So have not gone too far into the desert. No. I'll crack him open. Great. Okay. That's a satisfying can sound. As a can sound. But it has been. I mean, it has been so hot. We're very lucky in the office that we've got good air conditioning. But going outside, it it feels like somebody's just sucked all the air out of the city and it's... um, it's very um heaven knows what it's doing to our wildlife and farmers
1: yeah if you're in a warm country and you've ever experienced sort of that you go from a cold room open the door and it sort of hits you like a wall yeah. of heat that's sort of what we're getting at the moment and it's, it's a very bizarre feeling especially for i think in the uk yeah, where it's
2: just not, not normal at all and people say oh it, go on holiday to find this sort of thing yes you go on holiday to find <laughs> that sort of thing not sort of yeah, I, I know a builder who is not able to work these two days. doesn't get paid. Mm. It's just too hot, too dangerous to work in this sort of heat. But happily, we're going to hydrate. We'll get this to go. Uh, smells interesting. Oh, it's not that sweet. It's really, really nice. Not too fizzy either, but no. strongly rhubarby.
1: It's very sort of, it's that tart tart rhubarb mm. flavour.
2: Oh, that's good. Yeah, dry. It's not mm. so... Oh, I like that. That's better than what I've brought. <laughs> it's slightly annoying, but I no. I'm, I've been. You've introduced me to something new. I might have to.
1: I think it, I'll be honest. I, I've only really stumbled across this drink quite recently I think it was heat one wave. where I, I can't even remember I think a really boring story I think I might have been on fire marshal training and I popped out for lunch and this was just looking at me in the cupboard and I thought I'll, well, I'll, I'll give think that a go very
2: appropriate for fire, uh, <laughs> fire marshal training in the heat wave
1: yeah and, uh, so yeah I gave it a go and I think it's it's really nice because I think it's everyone always says when it's a sort of sunny day you want to crack open a, one of those cold fizzy drinks that's mm. Not really good for you, and I think you get that nice cold, slight fizz, but it's that really sort of that fruitiness. Hmm. And I think I know with this one, it's not as bad for you as <laughs> <There's a, laughs> yeah. some, some fizzy so drinks. Like Eighteen things. spoons of sugar. In yeah, can, it's, no. I think it's one that's yeah. um, mentioning no names. Yeah, yeah, it's very. I think when I looked at it, it is sort of apple juice, rhubarb, and a bit of fizz. Yeah. I, I think that's sort of the, the main component. So it's it is really really fruity, really nice, and I don't think you. I think rhubarb's an unappreciated fruit. Is totally, a fruit? Rhubarb, is it a fruit? Jack, you've stumped me. Oh, I'm really? not sure. I think it's...
2: I do, well, that's a weird one. I mean, it's. I, have, I grow lots of rhubarb and eat a lot of it because it's. you sort of keep picking mm. it; and it keeps growing. Um, I've never juiced it, though, and I think yeah. that might be a way of dealing with it with some of the sort of huge, huge harvests that I get. Normally, it just gets stewed into various... Like, crumbles. Ra- crumbles, puddings... <laughs> Breakfast, loads of it for mm. breakfast, just sort of stewed, but a very underrated, very underrated veg- vegetable. <laughs> it, it must be. There's that thing about fruit having to have seeds, isn't there? Yeah, I think it's a vegetable. It's got to be a vegetable. It's a sweet, it's a, I mean, raw rhubarb. Yeah, it's, it's a, it is so tart, so they must have put some sugar in there with the apple juice, but unless it's come from Yorkshire where they force it in the dark mm. and there's sort of almost a mystic ceremony about forcing rhubarb so it's sweet and pink and yeah. lovely. But, uh, well, thank you, Jack. That's a good one. Um, how about then I'm going to pour Let's you some up. of this. Yeah, this is... Um, there we go. Have yourself a glass. Have yourself a glass of this um, cloudy apple juice. It's
1: got that nice summery colour to it. It's in like yeah. a cup oh, drink me nice you like, so. yeah. you know what,
2: I think that this would be really refreshing. Mellow, isn't it? It's um. So I like... F- this isn't fizzy. It's quite sweet. Mm. Very sweet after yours. But I quite like... Juice as a thirst quencher, sweet juice, just because it's got that sort of peely end to it. That's that sort of slightly weird taste of apple peel. Very nice, yeah. but kind of. It's, it's not that
1: artificial. No, no. You, you is, get sort of the cartons of apple concentrate yeah, juice. Yeah, which is like,
2: looks like a sort of, well, it, it's so, it's like peaty, t- it's like tea almost yeah. in the
1: colour. But. Ooh. No, this, it tastes, you can. T- taste that it's, it, there has been actual apple touching <laughs> yeah, this and it, it feels like it's just been pressed and you've kind of got a bit of everything in it.
2: Yeah, no sugar added. This is just a blend from Somerset apples with, oh, added vitamin C to reduce discoloration. That's very interesting. Um, so there we go. All the way from from Somerset. So not far away at all. I prefer yours because it's drier. It's not as sweet. I think that I would go for your rhubarb. Uh, um, well, good. Thank you very much for bringing in some tasty, no, tasty treats. I can cope with uh, the next few hours of heatwave as I skulk in the shade before I go to bed.
1: If anything, <laughs> I'm too cold now. Yeah, get the I know, on. I
2: know. People that are wearing <laughs> jumpers in this office. Moving on. Moving on. We've got. We do have a sound of the week that's been sent in to us.
1: We do. This one's not come far. No, <laughs> no. You can tell us who this is from. So this one is um, Brittany from uh podcast team she's been away recently and uh she recorded this sound like i guess for this one I'll play it first yes and then have a little bit of a guess okay and then uh we'll go into it that's a weird uh, recorded at night i believe it was sort of yeah getting to towards <laughs> night i think is that it's difficult to get, to hear because i think uh, obviously it's a distance away and uh but you can kind of just hear yeah that in i the can background. work out
2: there's some there's some um do you know where it was recorded in the Cotswolds ah uh, okay yeah okay well that doesn't narrow it down very much but i would it's a hiss Which I reckon, if it's at night or well, owls is my guessing. Is that what she? Is that what Brittany thinks?
1: Yes, I think uh, Brittany has made a guesstimation at this uh, that it is some uh, owls, more specifically, some sort of owl chick. What they call it? it Yeah, chicks, owl chicks, owlets, owlets. That's the one.
2: Some little owlets hissing, demanding that they get fed. Yeah. Now I wonder. Gosh, there could be. I don't know my owl chick noises. Uh, so that could be barn or tawny. I know it's definitely not longer longer owls because they make a really horrible noise, like a rusty gate swinging <laughs> in the wind. It's, it's, it's something I've only heard a couple of times. But um, yeah, barn or, um, or or tawny owl. Yeah, if anyone knows, let I mean, us know. Any I mean, owl fans out any, there. Yeah, any owl chick for owllet fans? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, we love we do we love to get sounds of the week, just little little tasters of things that people here, out in the wild so if you've heard anything and you get a chance to record it on your phone it's just a delight to hear it and it really makes our day plus we'll play it in the in the podcast and those who haven't heard it yet will try and guess it yeah i, don't I don't think even
1: even if you, have, you feel like you haven't recorded it or picked it up fully that was Brittany; it was on her phone yeah. And like we said, there's quite a bit of background noise into it, but there's enough there that we can still, still pick give it, up. it a listen. Yeah.
2: Obviously, if you've got a decent bit of a recording equipment, even better. But <laughs> we, we love that. And um, where, as I say, you can contact me on editor at countryfire.com. Just sound, send the sound file over and we'll have a listen. And that's about it for this episode. Um, thank you, Jack. Lots of interesting stuff to chew over and drink. Uh, we're back next week with more, with another visit to Somerset and apples again. We're sending Annabelle off to check out a cider orchard, which is going to be really fun. You are. You so are indeed. And um, again, another farmer working with nature to create a lovely product. So tune in next week. But for now, thanks so much for listening and goodbye.